0: are you recording like as of the moment you said that yes megabytes are going up properly this time okay i wonder why the settings got changed around the other day
1: i don't know
0: super weird
2: clumsy fingers i
0: mean it's not the easiest thing to just like fuck up, right? I've talked about this before, but it's so funny, like the prepping that goes into doing this. And you prepare for this? No, like the sound prepping.
2: Uh, yeah, I I don't because I do this <coughs> under uh, <laughs> veil of secret. <laughs>
0: No, like, I I care about external noise penetrating is all it is. It's not, like, a big deal, but sometimes I forget about little things. But, like, the chair that's usually here is pretty creaky, so I swap it for a kitchen chair and, um, well, a dining
2: room chair. What are your your dining room chairs like?
0: Uh, they're, like, gorgeous, like, stickly mahogany chairs Uh. that are, well, they were gorgeous, like, 20 years ago, but, um
2: they all oh uh, that you, you got that from your moms right when she when she moved
0: yeah um, that was from my mom but that was actually from their parents so her parents um, so
2: they what's yeah no you can go on i, I was just going to
0: say they had um this i'm trying to think if i can actually put it in my mind um they moved from One part of Long Island, Nassau County, Long Island, out to the end of Long Island, um, when I was maybe in middle school, and they actually had a pretty shitty time with their timing. You know, sometimes real estate just fucks you, right, um, because you're selling high and buying high and then the market dies, um, and I think that ended up happening to them, um, Mm -hmm but they moved a lot of their stuff. they like got rid of a lot of their old stuff and just bought a few nice pieces for the new place and their new place was really cool i I super liked it um, it was right on the bay um there's a it was on the north fork of Long Island and part of the furniture that they filled this house with um, at the time, which was like... <laughs> 2002. So, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. That's 17 years ago. Um, if my math is correct. And they got this stickly furniture. They got like this nice um like a little hutch and uh whatever the sideboard I guess is what it is. And then they had this nice dining room table which was circular which the dining room table they might have gotten like slightly before that. So it might be closer to 20 years, but um, my family got really into stickly furniture in like. It like,
2: was, it was probably big at that time period. Cause I remember growing up, my parents and my grandparents would always mention stickly when they were pointing out the new furniture we had or whatever. Like it was like Stickley's like the benchmark of, of furniture on the East coast. I think.
0: Yeah. Especially I think in our areas of New York, um,
2: the last the last few times I've been there, there's one in uh, in uh, that plaza that Witch Witch used to be in, and whatever the Dancing Bear Head Shop used to be in way back when. In Colony. Yeah, on Wolf
0: Road. Yeah, I've seen it there. I've never been into that that like showroom or whatever. Um, yeah. But the Stickley Factory was is to this day like 40 minutes from my house, so it's in.
1: It...
2: Is Stickley a person, or is it a, a movement?
0: Stickley, I think, was a person. I think it was... What,
2: a, is it, like, cra- craftsman, or is it, like... Oh, this was John Stickley. It was, like... Uh, I don't know. We we should probably look that up. Um, yeah, I'm gonna look it up on, on on the
0: Stickley Wickley. Yeah, look up the Stickley Wickley. The, um... The Gustav
2: ar- Stickley! Gustav Stickley? Oh, man. He looks... He, he looks like a modern person dressed as an old-timey person. <laughs> what? Oh, he was, he was the chief proselytizer for the American craftsman style. So I wasn't far off by saying craftsman and Stickley in the same breath. Oh, my God. He's... Oh, he died in Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, because that's where he, the... The sh- he was he was born in Osceola, Ocelio, Wisconsin, and he died in Syracuse.
0: Osceola.
2: Osceola. Oscolola. <laughs> it, it could be a hard C. Osceola.
0: Uh, <laughs> um. He looks like an actor.
2: Right, he looks like an actor playing someone in a biopic. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, totally. Very, very strange. Is he? With his
2: brothers Charles and Albert Gustav formed Stickley Brothers and Company in 1883. The same year, he married Edda Ann Simmons. Within years, the company was dissolved, and Stickley's ambitions led him to partner with Elgin Simmons, a salesman in the furniture trade. To for, form the firm Stickley and Simmons in Binghamton, New York.
0: In Binghamton. Interesting. Yeah. They got around back See. then for, you know, not having cars. Yeah, they,
2: they, they were out what more westerly, and they came back east to fucking build furniture, man. Hmm.
0: Um, so, the Stickley factory, I don't know when they ended up in... in Fayetteville, New York, but Fayetteville, New York is a suburb of Syracuse, of course. Um, I'm going to be almost there this weekend.
2: Oh, did you know uh, one of your middle relievers is from uh, Latham uh, Shaker High School?
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like
2: our age. Oh, he's younger than me. Much younger than me. He's not playing baseball at my age, dude. I mean, I guess.
0: Is he Moises Alou? Well, the starting pitcher for the Mets it, is your age. Which one? What's his name? Vargas.
2: Yeah. Is Vargas my age? Yeah. What's 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 the pitcher's what's your pitcher's name?
0: I have no idea. The starter?
2: No, the middle reliever from Shaker.
0: Oh. um... <sighs> <sighs> He's got kind of a funny name, shit. Um, but yeah, he went to Shaker. It's,
2: it's like it's like Kane, Kane, or Canyon. Oh yeah, yeah. He we he's 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 actually Tommy Canely is what it is. He's two months older than me, the, the Jason Vargas. See, told you. Yeah, he's like the Bartolo Cologne on like Weight Watchers. Oh my God. Tommy Canely Tommy Canley. I think we took him yard today with a k or a C?
0: K. Okay. it's k-h-a-n-l-e
2: or the h is left yeah. around somewhere else conley yeah yeah he was born in 1989 okay so he's three years younger than me it was yeah it's it took me a long time into like well past the point of realization that like when you're watching athletes and you realize like oh this guy is 10 years older than I am right now. <laughs> yes. And it, it's uh, it's I mean it's 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 I don't know if it was it's not depressing cuz I would never be, you know, in professional sports, but to be like just be like oh, I mean I was that age one time. But my that's bo- how my body this. could have done those things.
0: We did those things. We just did other things while they were doing those things. Yeah. We did all that stuff. We just were fucking being punks and riding our bikes instead. <laughs> like that was the whole thing we did.
2: I mean, even, been... th- even that I was like 10 years older than a professional sports player when I was being a punk and riding my bike. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, you weren't. Because you're the same age right now as the starting pitcher for the Mets. So, just because, like, you know, whatever. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bullshit and different anyway today. Like, how many players get to play at age 20? Like, not, like, not a high percentage. Which kind of sucks because I would rather see, like, young guys. I'd rather see a super young team play.
2: Curtis Granderson was born in eighty one, so he's older than me. Oh, he's ancient. He's
0: thirty eight for baseball. For baseball, he's ancient.
2: Yeah. Um I mean, who
0: else? There are there are players like that. I mean, you know,
2: Cologne, Cologne's not with a team right now, but I remember. <laughs> I, I I I'm fairly certain he pitched to the catcher and was either like the oldest or the second oldest combination of pitcher to catcher on record. Oh my god. I love that baseball has captured data for the past 100 years consistently. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. That's so that's just so cool that that's part of the sport. Yeah. Like Stats. and then they can they can always re, re like reach out to Elias during the broadcast and come back with The most obscure fucking references. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it ends up... It's fun because, you know, you're talking about... I mean, you're talking about a completely different game, but you're talking about the same fundamental idea, which is kind of amazing.
2: Well, I mean, it's the same game. It's the same rules for the most part. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: It, It hasn't changed as much as, say, football or basketball has over that certain amount of time. That's a good point. Like, with basketball...
0: Wait, how has basketball changed?
2: Three-point line? Slam dunks? Wait, when did the three-point line... Uh... I think it was introduced to give white people something to do when slam dunking started. Oh my god. That's when slam dunking
0: started. Wait, when, when did slam dunking
2: start? Uh... Probably after like when they started desegregating the sport. Wait, so that was oh, oh, oh. was. Hold on, the three-point line was first tested in collegiate level in 1945 with a 25, 21-foot line in a game be- between Columbia and Fordham, but it was not kept as a rule. There was another one-game experiment in 1958, this time with a 23-foot line in a game between. St. Francis, New York, and Siena. Siena! In 1961, Boston University and Dartmouth played one game with an experimental rule that counted all field goals as three points. (laughs) Field goals? Uh, Yeah, shot from the field. (sighs) Okay. Uh, Oh, it was during the ABA. The three-point shot later became popularized by the ABA, introduced in its inaugural 67-68 season. Uh, ABA Commissioner George Micken stated the three-pointer would give the smaller player a chance to score and open up the defense to make the game more enjoyable for the fans. During the 70s, the ABA used the three-point shot along with the slam dunk as a marketing tool to compete with the NBA. Its ninth and final season concluded in the spring of 1976. Three years later, in June 1979, the NBA adopted the three-point line for a one-year trial for the 79-80 season. Despite the view of many that it was a gimmick, Chris Ford of the Boston Celtics is widely credited with making the first three-point shot in NBA history. So yeah, there it is, 1980. Wow. The Sports International Governing Body FIBA introduced the three-point line in 1984-5 and made it made its Olympic debut in 1988 in Seoul, Korea. Jesus. So wait, so, what's the- so yeah,
0: What about slam dunking, then?
2: Slam dunking says that it was introduced by the ABA.
0: But then when was it adopted in the NBA? I know nothing about the NBA.
2: In the NBA, three-point field goals become increasingly more frequent along the years. I hate that they're Uh, called
0: field goals.
2: I mean, that's that's just... I get it.
0: It's weird as fuck, though.
2: Uh, let me see. Let me click on this link to slam dunk. A slam dunk, also simply dunk, is a type of basketball shot that is performed when a player jumps in the air, controls the ball above the horizontal plane of the rim, and scores by putting the ball directly through the basket with one or both hands. It is considered a type of field goal. Uh, it's... It is worth two points. Such a shot was known as dunk shot until the term slam dunk was coined by former L.A. Lakers announcer Chick Hearn. Uh, thus, the maneuver is often extracted, showcased, slam dunk contests. Uh, no, no, dunking was banned in NCAA from 67 to 76. Many people have attributed this to the dominance of the then college phenom Lou Alcindor, better, better known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The no-dunking rule is something refer- referred to as the Al cinder rule. Many others also attribute this ban as having racial motivations, as at the time, most of the prominent dunkers in the college basketball were, we- were African-American. And the ban took place less than a year after a Texas Western team with an all-black starting lineup beat an all-white Kentucky team to win the national championship. Under head coach Guy Lewis... Houston with Elvin Hayes made considerable use of the stuff shot on the way to the final four. Wow. All-black team beat an all-white team in 67. 1967, yeah. It's
0: amazing. I love that.
2: Did you did you There was a documentary, like a multi-part documentary on Showtime about uh, Shut Up and Play or something like that called Shut Up and Play. It was very, it was very, there was a lot of interesting stuff like pre-1980s and stuff that I didn't know about basketball that was very cool.
0: I, I, there's like part of me that's, I don't want to say a little bit more interested in basketball, but it's like I'm, I am a little bit more interested in basketball now. But I, it's not.
2: I I I'm I'm the the worst like like I have absolutely no basketball talent whatsoever. Me it's neither. Emba- it's embarrassingly bad. I I I get in trouble because I don't really understand charging or anything like that. And I don't play. I never played. <laughs> it's probably the one thing that I wish that I had done because yeah. it is it is something where like you could just have a hoop outside and fucking throw a ball through a hoop. You know. Yeah. You don't need you don't need a team or anything to do it. It's it seems like something that I could have had a lot of fun with had I taken the interest in it, you know? Sure. Yeah, no, totally. I uh my
0: neighbors had a they had a hoop on their barn and we would play and I was horrible. And I remember you know, I'm like this is like grade school and uh I remember them putting they like raised the barn up and put a cement floor and foundation in the barn. And upon doing that, they also put like cement, you know, slabs, like nice concrete slabs out front. And that made for like a super nice, basically, you know, not a quarter, but like a quarter little basketball court. Um, but it was just the perfect spot. To play basketball and to, you know, just like play around and whatever, um, and I did enjoy it. I wasn't I wasn't good at it, but I I tried. It's never yeah. good at it. Yeah, man. I, I, I don't know if it's something that like you 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 play hockey, you play baseball, you know, you play all those other things, but then you get to the point where you're like, this ball is fucking heavy and huge for a little kid, you know, so. I just, I don't know. I just always thought it was like maybe if I would be, I'd be interested in it it at some point, you know, it just always, it made like soccer made more sense to me, I guess. Um, You know? So at that point I just started playing soccer a lot, but Mm. it's, it's interesting how that ends up working. Did I tell you that story ever? I'm, I probably already told this story, but did I ever tell you that story about when my dad, um, when I found out that my dad was pretty good at basketball? No. Um we were we were like walking um my elementary school was like four blocks away from my house growing up. And uh they had a basketball court outside there, you know, a few of them. And that it was like right next to the playground. And at that point the college was too poor to have outdoor basketball rinks so the college kids would come down and play on the school playground grounds. did
2: you did, did you say basketball rinks
0: probably but hmm. basketball courts yeah, yeah there you go
1: they <laughs> uh, sound like a
2: Russian spy <laughs> hey do dude, we want to go play down at the basketball rinks <laughs>
0: I'm thinking about the rinks because we have we do have two hockey arenas. So we have two yeah. huge, like, oh. we have oh, two sorry. real the, the, rinks.
2: The college can't afford a basketball rink, but it can afford two hockey rinks. Yeah, that's my point. So <laughs> it's like, your priorities, man. <laughs>
0: so that was like, it was just one of those things. We had the first, well, okay.
2: Jesus. Now we're
0: getting off topic here. The, the reason they were able to build the hockey arenas was because, Due to a grant, um, because this guy passed away and he was a Morseville alum, so he left like millions of dollars, and he wanted them to build a hockey rink. So they just did it. Um, I don't, I don't want to say like they had basketball courts, but they were obviously indoor. Um, and they had tennis courts, but they were outdoor or whatever. They just they didn't have a lot of money invested in sports. They're just it's not that kind of fucking college. It's like a little SUNY school. No one cares about it. Um, you know, it's a, a a state university of New York school, I should say for those of you who are actually possibly listening who don't know anything about that. Um, but it's a state, a state school for New York and they just it's a small school, a lot of inner city kids. They don't have a ton of money to put to sports. So the college kids would play because they were a lot of inner city kids. They were used to playing basketball. They'd go down to the elementary school to play basketball. And one of my dad's students was playing basketball as we were doing our little loop through. like a, Just like a family walk or whatever. And this guy yells, Dr. Lopez! And throws him the basketball. And my dad, in like... Jeans, dress shoes, and a tucked-in shirt, which is what he always wears, you know, like professor clothes, catches the ball, dribbles like a professional basketball player, and, like, is switching hands and is moving, like, fluidly, beautifully. I might be 10 years old. And I watch him totally deke out this kid who was his student, who he had just gotten the pass from. And I watch my dad dribble around another kid and do a perfect layup and make the shot. And I was blown away. Because I had already had like these moments in school, like in elementary school where I was... I I had like these like these like flashbacks then of like me trying to do a layup and I couldn't even coordinate the same side of my body and leg to go up like I couldn't figure out that at that age whatever let's say I was 10 but to watch my I was jaw dropped in awe and I was like this is incredible. This is an amazing moment for me in my life. And then my dad's just like, have a good one. See you in class on Tuesday. And then like you know, that's it.
2: That's the whole scene. That you just described like that's like the opening title sequence of a 1980s sitcom. I know. I swear to God, we've talked about this. We haven't talked about this. Not me and you. This was someone else. If this was it would be you would be having like a theme song written by Alan Fick, and it would have credits in a freeze frame and yeah it everything you just maybe it's just how i view things but everything you describe because i was like i'm identifying you know it's like TJF era that that time period it's totally a sitcom beginning
0: i also did my my version of the you know inner city hispanic you know that lopez which is what they they do it's literally what they call him and Wait, you was know, this at a, was this at Colgate? No, it's at Morrisville.
2: Oh, okay, so my dad taught that, at Mor-
0: is, my dad teaches at Morrisville.
2: Is there an inner city in Morrisville? No, dude,
0: they come from fucking Queens and like Brooklyn and Harlem to go to and Morrisville. Yeah. All right. Yep. Morrisville is like. Very always has been super into the diversity scene. Like, my they asked my dad, like in the early 90s, like 92, 93, to be like the chairman supervisor of the Lasso Group, which is Latin American Studies organization, student organization, student, student organization. That makes way more sense. Um. And we would just go to these events with like all the, you know, inner city Latino kids and they were having a great time together and they had parties and whatever. And it's just like, you know, they were like student mixers, but in the early 90s. So so my dad was like, you know, help the kids do stuff like that for many years. Um, Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Very interesting. So yeah, you know how we got here. All the tangents to get here. <laughs> uh, baseball. <laughs> the stickly chair I'm sitting in,
2: right? So what? Oh I yeah, t- oh yeah, because yeah, because I, the all right, well, <laughs> Stickley in Syracuse in Binghamton, the the baseball player from Shaker. Fucking Siena College being uh, one of the experimental places of one of the first uh, three-point shots. <laughs> We're just going through all of the like local history of New York. Let me tell. Let me tell you another story. All right, this one okay. takes takes place at Madison Square Garden. Okay. A, te- a team called the McPherson Globe Refiners. Okay, what year is this? I I will tell you. Okay. The this this act was uh, immortalized by Arthur Daly a Pulitzer Prize winning sports writer for the New York Times. And he described it as instead of shooting up for a layup, leaped up and pitched the ball downward into the hoop, much like a cafeteria customer dunking a roll in coffee. And that was a pass from William Schmidt to John Fortenberry in 1936. So that was like the first dunk. That's what they're saying. I I'm I'm, I'm betting I don't know what race they are, but it's 1936, so they're in the times. I'm betting this is white people trying to claim the uh, the slam dunk. Oh
0: my god. The oh god, were the were the were the hoops lower?
2: I mean, I think they were what like apple baskets or something back then, right? Oh yeah, they were weird. And 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 the ball was made of like like pig bladder. Is that true? That's what balls were originally, right?
0: I guess. Before they were, like, synthetic, I guess.
2: Well, definitely before synthetic. They were they were leather for a while. But then I think that... At some point, I think... Or maybe that's what pigskin is. Hmm. Dude, I don't know. So does that mean they weren't perfectly round? No. they Like, have you ever seen an old basketball? No. I feel like... Well, they definitely don't age well, but I don't know if they, like, exist well. I
0: just Google searched basketball from 30s images. All right, I got a picture here. They look weird. They don't look that different, though. That's amazing. Anyway. So, yeah, this stickly chair that I'm sitting in, this is what I wanted to tell you originally was that stickly was so just ubiquitous that most of my I feel like I've told you this before too, most of my furniture in my elementary school was stickly furniture. So like really? the desks, the desks, like the desk chairs and stuff like that, if you just turn them over to like put them up for when they cleaned at night, which we always did at the end of the day. Then, you know, oh my god, imagine if they had Roombas back then. Do you you think
2: there's a market for upsizing classroom desks from back then to be adult-size office desks?
0: So you're just making a full-size desk, but it looks identical to a school desk.
2: I don't like, necessarily not necessarily full size, but maybe like twice the size of of a standard school desk. And I'm talking about like one of the ones where you lift the lid up, and there is like a cubby for all your shit, and then there's a, a rack underneath the chair to put your bag.
0: I don't know if it could lift the, the the lid up because then you'd need to like you know you have a laptop on your on your desk all the time or a desktop so it would have to be like the one i'm thinking of like from my school years which just has an open space underneath
2: it's just a desktop oh oh no you mean you slide it in it's a it's a cavern
0: it's a cavern yeah it doesn't it doesn't articulate on the top at all but it's so it's got the flat top it looks like an end table except for it has a an open drawer with no drawer in it
2: right I don't know if i like those
0: i loved them i loved 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 them they were the best fucking desks i had my i'm you know that would
2: actually that that would that would actually be better in this scenario because you're right laptop or if you had your own monitor
0: yeah you'd want that to be stationary you'd never want that to actually move
2: oh and then on the inside of that thing you got all your plugs for your usb ports and shit to charge shit
0: yeah, you could have like your little kit down there. It could be I just, I just, I just,
2: I just, I just think of like the dark cavern of that desk being lit up by the by the touch screens and stuff. That would look so cool.
0: Oh, you th- you're thinking of it nicely. Okay, I was just trying to figure out if you thought it was cool or not.
2: No, I, I, I think, I think it, aesthetically it could be very cool. The, yeah, it the could be. What, co- what comes into the question there is, are we sticking to the nostalgia of a of a like a press molded plastic chair. Or are we upgrading so it's like an Aeron chair or an office web chair? You know,
0: I would just go with the like. I I wish I could show you. Shit, maybe I'll maybe I can try and find the the stickly I chairs mean, I, that we had.
2: Oh oh, you want it to be a stickly? This
0: Wait, is what I'm, I'm just desks, saying. This is what I had.
2: Your desks were stickly.
0: Yes, all of it yes. was stickly.
2: They never made. They never made school desks. Yes, they
0: did. They did, and they never, but that's the thing, is they bought them in, like, the 40s. Dude, that's probably when they, they probably did it during the war, man. But if you think about it, those desks I had in the 90s, so 50 years later you were using the same desks, they were
1: indestructible.
2: I'm just seeing wood ones with the little uh
1: side panel there That's a nice desk, man mm yeah, that's I just got
0: rid of one of those.
2: I like the one with the with the uh the beveled out inside like the little uh thing to hold your pencil
0: yeah, I like the old school one okay, 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 do you see the picture of? The like early style one where it's like um, a built in unit of like the chair and then has the side piece, like, yeah, uh,
2: the very small, it looks like an armrest that's that's a little little too wide, and that's where
0: you write your notes on and whatever. That's like for a like, college do you know, lecture. Uh,
2: do you know how bad that's got to hurt your back or whatever?
0: Okay, don't care. That chair, do you see that chair, the wooden? with the like butt imprints Mm -hmm. not not exactly that chair because it that looks like it has a little pitch back i don't know why it looks like it's pitched back but that chair think of more american style so it has one slat instead of two in the back right and it has a more basic top that's the chair i'm talking about okay but it's that same thickness it's very early American classic that look all right I, you know
2: you could stay on the phone I have to I have to make a call to work so I'm gonna be off for a second like I'm gonna just keep recording and everything though all right sounds good oh we never right we, we never clapped either
0: oh three two one all right it's like 35 and a half minutes I mean yeah it's pretty far in the clap how's it going? Good. There were more, um, there was more technical jargon in that phone call than anything I've heard in such a long time.
2: It's, this, they're, this, it's, they're trying to kill me, man.
0: Who's trying to kill you?
2: This job. <laughs> Why are they trying to kill you? No, they aren't. But I feel like, I don't know. I went in... Early this morning to make sure that some high-priority shit got taken care of over the night, to make sure it was ready for the editor. So I left my house at like 6.30 to get there, you know, at this point, probably like 7.15 or whatever. Because of traffic. Uh
1: Uh-huh. And,
2: and, uh... I've always been battling the air conditioning in our server room from the building.
0: Yes, of course.
2: It's a long, long battle, and it always rears its head up. And I'm fairly... It's like... It's like the building is a shitty old car that I'm the only one who can keep running. Sure. So I've actually taught myself some some pretty uh, more than basic uh, uh, HVAC for industrial complex like I, I know at least on my system I know everything about it and I'm it's I know more about that than anything that I own personally. It's crazy. Wow. So when I was going into the office today, I was going to my office, passing the server room to drop my bag off before I go to check that everything got prepped for the editor. And as I'm passing the server room, I'm like, I should probably take a look and see. Nothing's been wrong in the past six months for the longest time. I duck my head in and it's it's six degrees above what it's supposed to be, which means that it's not working, which means it's going to be like 10 degrees soon, which is bad because we have so many servers in there.
1: Mm.
2: it's like like, so if I hadn't had gone in this morning and I didn't need to I just you know I felt nervous about them doing it so I I made myself get out of bed take a shower and go like right when I woke up if I hadn't had done that I would have walked in been the first person to see what was going on other people would have been at work but no one would have looked in the server room I would have walked by and realized that it was like 100 degrees in there just out of happenstance i was there that early to, to catch it right it's i i'm fairly certain i'm uh intrinsically in, intertwined with this fucking 15 <laughs> year old ac unit this five tonnage fucking <sighs> so you don't have
0: you don't have backup units
2: well, it's the thing. Like we, 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 I grab spot coolers from the fucking building to deploy them. Like this, this thing is our. This is the server room has its own separate AC unit. So if the building's AC goes down, which it is scheduled to do at nights and weekends and everything, this thing keeps running. But it's tied to the building's water, water and power. So if anything goes wrong with the power of the water, which it does all the fucking time because it's L.A., then the system will shut down even though it's running perfectly. It'll shut down because the building's introduced a new problem into the fucking equation. Right.
1: I don't know.
0: Wow. Wow, dude. Um, We run our own servers as well. Do, do you not keep... Oh, I'm not even going to say this to you.
2: <sighs> What's up?
0: Do you, I can't believe you don't keep like a, a separate like temperature sensing dongle in there that's
2: tied to your phone. I do. The thermostat calls me when it works properly. And when it when it when it when, it, when, it, when it, everything's going wrong, but the thermostat's working, it calls me. Are you there? Mm. Yeah,
0: I'm just trying to but think of how this work. It just calls you. What do you mean? It calls you? It calls me. An
2: automated voice calls me. How does that? How is that set up? Hold on. It's hard-lined into the uh, the phone and internet. Let me oh see. My if... God, that's so ridiculous. Why why don't you have like hold a on, separate? Hold on, app? hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Input
1: one high limit alarm. It is now seventy-seven point two degrees Fahrenheit. Hello, this is input one. Time limit alarm. It is now seventy seven point three degrees
2: Fahrenheit. Oh my god. So the last time that I got calls from that, I got one, two, three. Hold on, shut up. I got <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Damn it. I got about 20 calls in the span of like five minutes.
1: <sighs>
2: and the thing is, by the time it calls you, it's already five degrees less than what it actually is in that room because it heats up immediately. Yeah. And. Uh, and it used to be easy cuz i used to be 5 minutes away from work but now i live this far away and i just don't want to fucking deal with it you know
1: mm mm-hmm. mhm
2: there's
0: no oh my god this is this is crazy you shouldn't have to deal with this <laughs> i know man but, but like we deal with this too like we we run our own servers for the for the website and for everything and we shouldn't we don't have we actually have no reason to you have a very 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 important and good reason to
2: well when when you say servers like are you talking storage or are you talking just internet access like what what's what's your setup
0: uh it's a room that's like closet sized
2: Uh uh-huh
0: and it runs its own separate fully plumbed ac unit and it has backup window units in it um it runs the 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 entire uh, it runs the entire web server it literally runs the website we host the website locally it runs everything
2: okay
0: it's like it's like they started doing it so long ago and they just built in an infrastructure to keep doing it. Right. And our we had like a dedicated line back then because e-commerce was just not something people did back then. Mm-hmm. And they just built it all out to be like future-proofed like however many years ago. So at some point, I don't know if they just thought that they had too much invested so that They were like, fuck it, we're just going to keep going. Like, cause I, you know, again, there's no reason for us to still be doing this. Like it would be faster and probably more, the cost effectiveness is, is irrelevant, but our, our website would be faster if it was hosted at a normal hub location, like New York City or something like that. Right. You know. I don't know how many milliseconds faster or if that matters or it should matter to Google, I'm sure. Um Anyway, it, it's just it's
2: it's interesting. I mean, it's not Do not you do any cl- thing. Do you do any cloud backup or anything like that or are you all, all completely localized?
0: I think it is cloud backed up, but I think only I don't I th- I think only certain parts of it are. Like we would have to Like, uh, like none of our, mm, I guess. So there's like a main server we use for internal data and that's all backed up. And then all of our web background is backed up. Everything else we can build. Like it's set up so that we could just really like the chances of us being down for any given time, would be very very low like um we lost power for 5 days straight last fall um mm-hmm. at work yeah I can,
2: I, I can imagine the severity of the weather out there is dangerous
1: well as far, this... as,
2: as far as as far as you guys being offline if you're hosting all your shit on the uh, on fucking servers that are localized in the same area that you guys are
0: right so hear me out so this is how far they thought about this is that that dedicated line right there's dedicated fiber that goes to the building for this one purpose that doesn't go down so as long as we have power we're fine right so we have a i can only imagine it cost about 30 grand to put this in but we have a fully industrial sized diesel automatic generator
2: that's what i gotta sell these people on
0: dude it is fucking sick it is unbelievable
2: i would i would just love the the looks on the face of the executives as I try to sell them on, like, this, this fucking Industrial Revolution nightmare of, like, a cotton gin. Of, like, hey, can we put this in uh, Office 3C and just uh, keep it in case of emergency? Oh <laughs> and then God. just prime it and pull the ripcord and get the thing started when the power goes down. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. Dude, it's it's so fucking amazing that, to, to have had that thing Um and mind you, we were all going home, like every last one of us, except for the people who live in Burlington, every last one of us were going home to no power. So we went to work, we had power. We worked like it was a normal day, and we all went home to no power. Because it was a there was a fucking crazy windstorm. Trees were down. Right. Everywhere. And the town in which I work, it took five days plus for them to restore power. We were only out of power here for a day and a half. Um, that was enough for my family, though, because right. I live with a bunch of weaklings, apparently. Um, Are you talking about your infant child? I don't care about Iris. She's fine. She'd be fine. I, thought, I thought you
2: were calling her a weakling. You're <laughs> gonna no, start pulling your own weight, Iris.
0: <laughs> exactly. No, it's Kim. She's like... Because here I am, you know, it's like I get home and she's like looking at me like, what do we do? And I looked at her, I sighed, I picked up a bucket and I went outside. And it's like, you know, middle of winter, I have, you know, I have to trudge through a foot of snow to get to the stream to fill up the huge bucket with as much water as I can carry back, bring it inside and I put it on the floor inside and she goes what's that for and I was like do you want to use the toilet and she's like what do you mean and I was like the toilets fill with water the water gets pumped up from a well which runs on an electric pump. So when the holding tank goes down and I'm explaining all this to her and she's like, okay, she's like, but can't we just let it do itself? I'm like, no. Cause then it'll, we'll run out of water at some point. So I was just like, this is water. It's from our stream out back. We could do whatever with it. And we obviously have like drinking water that we just keep in the house at all times, just in case that happens. Just because it's easier just to be able to pull a bottle of water out. Right. But And, uh, and this year, I have a car. Now, I, after that, the only thing that I wanted to do, I've talked about this before, but my stove doesn't turn on. My stove needs electricity to turn on, even though it's propane. Because there's an electric solenoid in it. So, my plan next time the power goes out, is just to take my Mercedes out and plug the inverter into the Mercedes and run an extension out to the car from the stove, and I could run whatever else. I can run a few a few lights off of it or whatever. Because right. the car will just stay. I mean, that car will just stay idling for hours on end. Right. And I have a jug of, I have a, you know, five gallons of extra of diesel that I can, you know, throw in it in case it gets low or whatever. So I could just, basically, I'm, I'm saying I will use my car as my generator.
2: Okay.
0: Just because it'll idle forever and it doesn't care. So uh, then I just need to get
2: a car to park in the parking garage and then an extension cable to run down to the. 17 floors to the garage yeah
0: yeah but i bet there are no idling laws in la and by that i mean i I bet there
2: are there are a lot of people who hang out and, and running cars
0: it that is illegal in vermont
2: yeah well i mean la has a lot of people it's hard to it's hard to legislate that shit think the
0: only way forward is to uh, go the governmental socialist route so we're just gonna have to have the the politicians of the future be smarter get along better figure it out and uh, tell the whole world how to live so we stop polluting the shit out of this place
2: yeah I mean... When, yeah. Here's hey, the other thing.
0: Don't that, you think you could... Couldn't you go a fucking day without power? Like, one day. Come on, oh, you yeah. could go e- everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like,
2: the problem is, though, I would be so panicked about everything at my job
1: yeah.
2: without, without power if power was down. Because the entire day I'd be worried, like, is this shit going to come back online? Right. And there are so many fucking self-imposed deadlines and and important time-consuming media that takes forever to, like, get back on there, that, like, the cold, sweat panic that I would wake up on, it wouldn't be, like, a snow day feeling. It would be, like, a, well, just might as well never go to work again feeling, you know, because I don't want to deal with that. Sure. Hmm. So, yeah, it, it would be nice on my personal time, If there was no power for a minute.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that's all I was thinking, but that's like, I mean, it's a good point that, you know, I I don't know if I ever made this point, but, um, I want to make clear that we never lost power at work and we never went down the internet never went down because of that dedicated line. And we just stayed up running for like that extra whole five days. And, uh, and I said on like day three, I said to my boss, thank God we got that generator. I was like, why did we decide to get such a nice generator? And uh, my boss just said that his son, and he just says his son by name. He's like, he made us get it. And he says it like with like this slight disdain. and then he And then he followed it up with, I guess it actually just
2: made it all worth it in this past couple of days though.
0: <laughs> I was like, yeah, like
2: Well, yeah. So he he was worried about the expense of it. I think so, yeah.
0: I think it was Do, like, do
2: you know do you know how much it costs?
0: I I think at the time I looked them up, I think they were I think they're about 30 grand for that particular one. So it's like how much the the, the math well, is like how over much- 5 days, over 5 days, we would have easily lost 30 grand
2: so yeah how much business did you do in that time and then if the power if the power is off how many you people are weekly or daily or whatever like they would still have to pay you guys your salaries if you were at the office
0: yeah we wouldn't have come to work but yes if you if you had nothing else better to do and you showed up yes I mean, there, were, there would still be stuff for me to do, uh, and there are still other things to do, but you, obviously you only make money when you sell product.
2: You only make money when you sell product.